The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only, the beast herself, Tammy the Gurr Underwood. I got to think of some other monikers for you to add in with the with the whole Sasquatch theme, because, fuck, I'm running out of shit. Oh, and you're going to love this. My yeah. voice is starting to go out, too. Yeah. So that's going to make great for tonight's four-hour fucking show. Look. Yeti, I don't complain about it. No, I'm just kidding. I just saw that post by our South African friend. That's what I'm going to call her from now on because I can't ever get her name right. Okay, she said I can't call her Rhonda, right? Right, so she's our South African friend. No, I'm going to name her Stephanie. Uh, hopefully that's a good enough name for her. Oh, okay. Yeah. I probably remember Stephanie or, or something like that. Yeah, no, Rhonda's, yeah, help me, Rhonda. See, that's what comes to my head. Or, or rhinoceros wrestler, because I, now. No, hippo, because she says you're going to get a hippo because she's scared of you because you put that <laughs> guitar player, sell his soul, go to become a serial killer meme up there. And I thought, yeah. She says she's going to get a hippo just in case. I thought that was hilarious, man. Somebody posted that on my page and uh, said, oh, I suck. I'm going to go back to my true passion. Said, yeah. <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> That one was funnier than the one you posted about our my best friend Matt, you know, only getting a dollar for playing bass. I'm gonna start throwing him dollars <laughs> just to make him feel better. <laughs> Can it go like this? Yep, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, you make keep, it rain. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, when you meet the devil at the crossroads and you say, <laughs> I wanna be a guitar player, then they say, Okay, it's gonna cost you your soul. So you sign the contract and you become a good guitar player, right? Right. And then right. when you know, Matt showed up and he said, I don't want to really sell my soul, what can I get for a dollar? And now he plays bass. I know. <laughs> Daddy played bass. <laughs> Mama sang tenor. <clears throat> my yeah. voice is so fucking rough. I'm gonna be drinking. Are, are you but freaking taking tea. are you sucking on them cough drops or did you not get any? I haven't gotten any new ones. I got some Ricola in my bag, but what about the ones I bought you? That's the ones, yeah. Oh, okay. Then suck on those. Buttercup. Don't tell me who to suck. I mean, what to suck. I will tell you whatever I want to tell you. <laughs> God damn. This anyway. is going to be one of those days, isn't it? No. <laughs> I just don't want you to lose your voice tonight. You have a four-hour show. Yeah, I'm going to stop by and get some, like, Fisherman's Friend and, I don't know, some heroin or something. I, I, I Whatever it takes to get through the show. What was I looking on my... Why did I grab my phone? I don't, I don't know. You're going to call Ghostbusters or some shit? Oh, no. I remember why. Because I didn't want to forget that. Um, I know why now. Okay. So I got a story. Then we're going to do some business. And then we're going to get into. Yeah, because I grabbed my phone to do some business. So that's why I grabbed it. So for those of you who've listened for a while, you know that I have a crazy ass neighbor. And her name is Cheryl. <laughs> Not you from Citizens of Brutal Nation. No, 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 no. Not I know. I want her to know that I already told her that, you know. Not her. Not her. <laughs> that that Cheryl is a sweetheart. And I, every time I see her her dog, I just want to give a kiss. It's like, I want to fly to Illinois just to kiss her puppy. I, I go, know. You're such a pretty Wait, don't drink the water when you're in her small town. She says there's psychos there. No. <laughs> she goes, it's got to be something in the water. I said, I agree. So I'm on the phone with Jen Dahl. Okay. <laughs> I'm in my truck, you know, so she's on the truck. Now, let me explain something. When I pull into my driveway, I actively look to make sure that crazy Cheryl is not 
lurking. She's like fucking. She's only like five foot tall. She's really you know not not very big, and she's like a thousand years old. And I do. I, I'm actively looking, looking. I do too when I pull in. I'm like I, I feel like I'm a Vietnam vet or something like that. <laughs> PTSD. The PTSD sitting there going looking Char- for Charlie. 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 No, it's good. Come on, we can go a little bit further. That's me with this bitch every fucking day. And then you get shot. <laughs> That's what happened. So I'm talking to Jen. I'm in my truck. I literally turned to my passenger seat for like, I'm not kidding you. It was maybe five seconds to grab my my my, uh, my backpack uh-huh. and my lunch bag. And I turn around and she's not saying nothing. She's just right there at my <laughs> fucking window with her hood up of her hoodie. And then Jen got to hear something interesting. Was it like, oh, there's Cheryl. And I say, nay, nay. Here's me. Ah, Jesus fucking Christ. Ah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Jen, I got to call you back. And I click, I hang up. So I open the door. You scared me. Did it scare you, Scott? About shit in my pants. What the fuck is wrong with her? And then she goes on to tell me some inane shit. So, like, her old man, uh, Clay, Clay used to work for me. Right. Um, and uh, so, it, it, so when Clay goes out of town, like, if they go to the beach or whatever, he calls me, hey, man, can you keep an eye on our house? I said, sure. And uh, so I do. And she goes, we were at the coast for three days. I'm Cheryl, I know that. You were actually right there when Clay called me. Like, you were, I could hear you. I could, because, you know, the creepy comes right through the phone. <laughs> So then I figure I'm going to get away, right? And then she starts walking away. She doesn't say anything. Cool. And I go, okay. I'm going to walk away. Go, Hold on. I got to show you what I got up the coast. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Jesus. There, there is not enough drugs in this <laughs> damn world. Like, you could pile all the dope up out in my driveway, Dude. and that's just not enough <laughs> to deal with <laughs> sure. mounds of it. <laughs> I feel like I should be calling my fucking shrink just to deal with her. Dude, I should be calling your shrink just to... I do. I I look for her, too, because she tends to stick to me for some reason. Probably thinking I'll bring her in so she can see you. <laughs> no, I told her you want to be her best friend. Oh, that's why. Thanks, Scott. I'm going to tell her. I'm going to reiterate that again. In fact, I'm going to leave a little card on their door for her. Uh, I miss you so much. Love, Squatch. I hate you. <laughs> and it'll be a picture of you and they're smiling. Go and come to mama. I hate you. I will hurt you if you do something like that. Like, literally hurt you. You know, okay, here's the thing. She like, terrifies me. I would jump in front of a bullet for you, okay? <laughs> but you won't jump in front of a Cheryl for me. <laughs> but I will throw you under the bus quick as shit when it comes to Cheryl. I know. You have. Yeah, and I'll do it again. <laughs> like, I'm not afraid. I, I got no shame with that. If there's Cheryl, hey, Cheryl, I got, got to go. But Tammy here was, really wants to talk to you back because yeah, she you, loves you. You said that more than once to her Goddamn when I right. was staying here. I figured out how to dodge that grenade. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you got like, I got to hurry up and get. And I said, no, I'm running for the door. And all of a sudden I hear, hey. Cheryl, Tammy wanted to say something to you. I'm like, I'm going to kill him. Goddamn right. <laughs> I will throw you under the bus with Cheryl every fucking day. I'll step in front of a speeding train, hey, but... <laughs> hold on. Side note, because I have fucking ADD and OCD. Does anybody... They steam... They, they like fucking dry clean ties, right? Because I'm looking at my skull yeah. and crossbones tie, and it's been up here on my sound shield, and it's all dusty. I believe so. Okay. Um, 
I do have like a steam thing at home that's for clothing that has to be dry clean only that kind of helps lift stuff like that out. Oh, okay. I'll just send it with you. Okay, yeah. So, anywho, that's business one. Business two. For those of you that are Twisted Blue, the band fans, we have brand new T-shirts that we put yep. on Brutal Nation and on the on the fan page. Um, here's my advice, and it's not just trying to like pump you guys for cash or whatever. Get your merch soon, because next year we are releasing another album, and we're getting ready to go on tour. Yeah, and merch prices are going to definitely they're they're, they're going to go up. I'm sorry, that's just the way that it is because you have to fund a goddamn tour, and I got we got to make money. Yeah, I mean, this shit doesn't the the, the shit's not free. right. And I just want people to know that these are a little bit more expensive than the than the album ones because these are front and back logos, so they cost us a little bit more. So I had to you know, but of course, but of course, yeah. <laughs> but no, these are really cool. They turned out really good, didn't they? They did. I'm, the I'm coloring actually and everything. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, boys and girls. Like, I don't even get them free myself. Okay, because we oh, have a, hell no. We have a distributor. I've got to actually buy them. Yes. No, if, we don't get them free. Yeah. If 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 I want one, then I got to buy that shit. So. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're all paying for it. So no, yeah. Don't don't sit there. Scott gets his stuff for free. No, no, I don't. I got to pay for that shit. Though. I'm telling you what, Scott got Scott has swag, and I don't have swag because it's not free. <laughs> damn right, man. Shit's not free. God damn. So, I'm a hardworking hooker. Is what it is. Jesus that's Christ. true. That's true. Um, hey, shout out to the Tweety family. We did Marty Tweety last we week, did. by the way, and, and I've been uh, interacting with some of them on our on our page. Yeah, they're, me they're too. Pretty, I've been badass. interacting with them on both pages, their page and our page, but. I'll tell you what, they have been so grateful that they think that Marty's finally getting a voice, you know, and somebody's speaking for him. We are the Tweety Whispers. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it's from Looney Tunes, but okay. Let's just roll with that one. That wasn't even intentional, but... No, there we go. I know, I know, because when you said that, as, as when you said we're the Tweety Whispers, I pictured the little yellow bird in my head. <laughs> I thought I thought I'd tell Pretty that. So okay, I know that tomorrow we are at we're in Milwaukee. What are our right? But this will air on Monday, so, right? So I'm not yeah, I'm not so, pumping that no, show anymore. No, the 26th is your guys's day off because Matt has his private his block party that day, right? And then this that. That's why I grabbed my phone, but hang on. I, my battery's dying, so my phone constantly power, you know, locks on me because of the power saving mode. Yeah, we'll just throw it on the pages. Fuck it. No, I got it right here. Oh. Chillax, dude. God damn. It's uh, Garage Bar and Grill here in Vancouver at 1101 West 4th Plain Boulevard. Oh, so we don't have a long fucking drive home no, after a show. Ha- you probably like right up this road. It's 1101, so it's like right over there off, isn't it off Main and 4th um. Plain? I think I've seen this venue once in my yeah, life, there's a, and that's it. It's like a big, it looks like a mechanic shop from the outside when I was pulling up pictures, but yeah. Oh, baby, check under my hood. That's what all the girls tell me there. Dude, no, dude, nah. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll pump that one at a later time. Yeah. So let's see what else. Yeah, so... Hey, and if you haven't gotten on to Citizens of Brutal Nation yet, yeah, you, you, you lazy bastard who's sitting there listening to this shit and hasn't gotten on the damn thing. your Cheetos and your bean bag on the floor. All naked. Yeah. Cheeto-y. Wipe off your Cheeto hands and get on the Facebook. Don't be a Chester Cheetah. <laughs> get on. Ing. <laughs> oh, my God, Cheetah Ing. <laughs> who still hasn't written me back, the bastard. I know. But, uh, yeah, log on. Fucking join the group, man. 
All right. Dude. So today, we're going to actually feature yes, a letter. Yes, we have special. It's not a letter, well, but I'll it's explain. A, it's kind of a, yeah. a manifesto. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Anywho, uh, we have a really good friend. So let's, let's do a little background. Here in the Pacific Northwest, there was a, uh, a killer by the name of Ward Weaver the third. The third. He killed two girls, one of them being, uh, it was Ashley Pond and Miranda Gaddis. Correct. Now, we found out <clears throat> just a few weeks ago at a show that my, uh, I, we were having a conversation with my drummer, that um, my drummer, Tony Harris. Yeah, trying to explain a podcast to him, yeah. Trying to explain the podcast to him because, you know, he's old. Any kind of podcast, yeah. Because yeah, he, he's up there in age, but an amazing drummer. He is actually Pond's uncle. Yes. So, we were trying to get a hold of uh, Ward Weaver III um, because we wanted to get him on the show. And I, and I was featuring, I featured an episode called Family of Killers. Episode 12, yes. And we came across his dad, Ward Weaver Jr. Yes. So, I, I love giving the history on this. So, I write Ward Weaver Jr., right? And mm-hmm. he sends me back just a fucking letter basically telling me to piss right off. Basically, yes. Very yes. combative. So yeah. I send him back another one. I said, hey, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. You know, you have yourself a great day, you know. But if you change your mind, I'm here. Yeah. So then he starts reading it over and over. And he realized that, uh, let's give this asshole a try. Because he's been fucked over by media people before. Totally. Um, Especially after his son got arrested. Oh, yeah. yeah. After after the third got arrested, Jesus Christ. I right. mean, because people mistake them all the and time for each other. somebody's trying to write the third's book. Another book on the third, and has been trying to contact him again. And I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't only because we know how these type of people, you know, twist things." Mm-hmm. I'm not mentioning any names. <laughs> so then Weaver Junior writes me back again. He goes, "Hey, I've been reading your letter. Look, let's let's talk." Yeah. And it was still a little rough. That's okay. Very, yes. And then uh, we came to a point of where it was a, a quid pro quo. I'll give you, you can ask me questions, but I want to know about my family tree. I said, no, not a problem, man. I'll put Squatch on it because she's the master of that shit. And, and Squatch knows how to research genealogy, yes. <laughs> so Ward Weaver Jr. and I started talking back and forth and back and forth, which eventually led to phone calls back and forth, back and forth. And oh, yes. Now, honestly, I ventured to say that in this entire world, I think that you and I are Ward Weaver Juniors, some of his closest Dude, friends. Yes, yes. He's, I mean, because he calls me, you know, I mean, because even when him and I talk, we can, I mean, now that they have free phone calls and they have the tablets um, and they don't have to sign up for the phone, to your phone, he like will literally call me back to back for like an hour and he goes, I hope I'm not bothering you. I said, if you're, ev- if I'm ever busy, I'll just say, hey, I can't talk right now. And, you know, we'll set up a time for you to call me back. And he's like, because I enjoy talking to you guys. I go, well, we enjoy talking to you. Yeah, he's actually, he's a really nice guy. Um, yeah. he, he wasn't, don't get me wrong, he wasn't in his past. He's a very, no, very violent man. No, very. But, and, and that's something that I'm going to explain here in a minute, too. But, yeah. And I kind of want to give a little plug, because, you know, he's our friend and everything. But he crochets. He crochets a lot. It's how he buys his time, you know, and stays out of trouble. But he makes beanie hats. That he sells to people. And if anybody wants one, let me know. And I will, you know, give you the information on how you can send it. He sells them for 20 bucks a piece. Hold on. You didn't even speak the right language for our Canadian listeners. Um, hey, uh, Nola, a- that's a toque. He makes toques. A. 
What I thought a toque was a two center. No, that's a toonie. That's oh, okay. I, I, my bad. I was just asking you to translate Canadian for yeah. me. A, 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 a toque is, is is what we call a beanie. Well, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I had to learn how to speak Canadian. Yeah. I had no choice, man. Especially the first time that my ex-wife said, hey, I bought you a toque. Come on. Does that go in my butt? What? Wow. What is that? <laughs> I don't even know what the hell that is. I'm yes. all paranoid. No, what you yeah, put on your head. but he does sell them for uh, $20 a piece. And I can get, if you contact me, um... Either via Citizen Brutal Nation or, you know, BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com um, email. I will give you a list of the colors and everything and sh- tell you how to go ahead and put money on his books. And then I'll contact him and let him know that the money's <coughs> coming and all that stuff. So he would love to have orders because lo- he just wants to crochet all the time. So Yeah, and he's, you know, he, he was a very violent man. He is a serial yeah. killer. Um, but... He's well, one of those people. He's he's learned his lessons, so to speak. Yeah, he knows you know his, his lot in life. Yes, and uh, and the reason why him and I get along is the more that we talk is, and this this came, we came to this conclusion together. Not you and I, but uh, Ward and I, when him and I were talking earlier this week, because we talked for like an hour, hour and a half, is that it's almost like him and I lived the same childhood, but in different decades. Because yeah. my, my 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 childhood was extremely violent. Right. Well, and that's why you and Todd are so close. Yeah, Todd and I are, are very close because of our love of firearms and the fact that once again, it's like we like parallel I, I, lives. I, I realized that, it, with all my joking aside, I am literally just a a cunt hair away from being a serial killer. Well, and not just that is you're probably. You know, finer than a frog's hair away from being, you know, a murderer, period. You don't like my unit of measurement? I didn't like that, no. Oh, okay. My bad. I will say but then a frog's, frog's hair is finer than a, you know, that kind of hair. So, How about a millipube? Is that better? <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> it was way <laughs> <Just> worse. <trying. laughs> I can't win. I just can't win. Way <laughs> worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's so. Uh, I mean, I I enjoy talking to both of them. I haven't talked to Todd this week, but you know, kind you of know I haven't either, and I think I figured out why. <laughs> what? Because I'm a freaking idiot. Um, because I put in the wrong CCV number, and I didn't get the thing. Notice that I the payment didn't go through <laughs> oh. until I saw it in my junk mail the other day. And I'm like, oh shit! Oh, so I have to redo it, but that's okay. Or a CVV oh, right. number or whatever. I put in the wrong one. So I want to throw one thing out there for Todd, and then we'll get into work. Is that so? I, you know, I'm just going to post him citizens' Brutal nation. Never mind, because I just want to get to this and get get through these because we got so much shit to do. So today. much shit to do today. Again, I'm I'm looking forward to next week. To be honest, have a whole, a whole entire day week off. Oh yeah, huh? I get, I get well, you know, we have off. to go to Matt's block party, so. I think I feel the pneumonia or the COVID coming on. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know we can't do that to Matt. Matt's my best friend. And I know, and it's going to be an early night, too, because we have to go do some promo stuff with Matt, remember? Yeah, that's why uh, yeah. a four-hour show normally takes us seven hours. Yeah, people don't understand that. I didn't understand it until I was a part of it, and I was like, that is so traumatizing. So, okay, well, I'll, I'll explain that to you guys, and then we'll get into the, yeah. the rest of the show. To set up a show, okay, <laughs> this is why we're all, always exhausted. It's right around, if you've got a four-hour show, it's going to take you six to seven hours because you have uh, 
You have to set up all of your gear. You have to set up all of your audio equipment. You have to sound check everything. You got to, you know, you you have a quick little meeting with your sound tech to kind of make sure everything is squared away. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot. And then there's the teardown. Yes. And the pack up and then go home. So when you see us after a show and we look a little ragged. There's a, re- There's a and as we're reason. climbing back into our vehicles to leave, if we look at you and say, I'm just going to sleep right here for an hour, <laughs> leave us alone for an hour. <laughs> let, let, let us let, take a little power nap before I have to drive home. Let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> or sleeping Scots. Yes. That helps too. Yeah, that, or swatches. Yeah, because, you know, I'm yeah, grumpy when I'm old. Fuck, man. It's just. But yeah. Well, with our show dates that we've had back to back to back to back, it's just, yeah. it, it, it's worn all of us out. Not just me. I bet about myself all the time but it's it i, I know that it's like johnny and, and yeah. matt and and tony and 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 now we have a new sound person yes that's helping us out you know yes. and and she's hard working man she you should is, she's, is she hard working yeah she's probably I, not as hard as this bitch over here but you know and i don't mean you i mean me oh i thought you meant me because i'm so hard no oh yes oh my god stop that I'm not supposed to masturbate while we're doing a show. No, and I told you. You know what? You need to. You need to cut back on this. You know you do. <laughs> I'm afraid for your life, um, and, and not because of me. Oh, um, I feel beaten. Stop it. <laughs> okay, bad joke. Okay, but so let's get into work. Yes. So Ward wrote us um, a little manuscript. Yeah. Well, he wrote it a long time ago. Yeah. But it still apl- it applies to this day. And at the time when he wrote it. Um, I was trying to see if there was a date on here, but he said that, hang on, I'm going through my list. As long as you remember vocal I know, I'm trying because I have to read it and, you know, but, um, oh, he, um, wrote this a while back. Um, anyway, he wrote it like several years ago with right, right around the time he first went to, uh, went to prison on death row. Like, early 80s, I think, is when he wrote it originally. And it was about him. Because he was still angry, I guess you could say. Um, is a bit, I think that's why he wrote it. Um, and so, um, you know, there is that whole aspect. And basically what it's called is it's called uh, Who's to Blame? And even though it was originally about him, I want to read it to you. It's only a page and a couple paragraphs. But then I want to discuss it because as I was reading it, it could apply to pretty much anybody in this world, not just him. Word, homie. Okay. Now, the title of it is called Who's to Blame? It goes, a baby boy is born and the first toy the father gives him is a toy gun. When the child is old enough, he points the toy gun at his parents saying, bang, bang, you're dead. And his parents exclaim, oh, how cute. The child gets older and has bought bigger and better toy guns, which he plays with, with he, which he plays with, with the neighbor boys, cops and robbers, cowboys and Indians, as well as war. Shooting the neighbor boy, he falls dead only to get up and they start all over. Years later, the father teaches the boy to shoot real guns. If he does well, the father doesn't praise him. The boy was seeking praise from his father, but rather he gets more pressure put on him to shoot even better by the 
by the father telling others in front of him that his son is shooting as expected of any male offspring of his, but he will improve, right? So I'm trying to hold this up so I don't put my head down. But let the boy have a bad day and he shoots poorly. His father makes fun of him in front of everyone. And that comes around for days, weeks, and even months, putting even more pressure on the boy to improve to his father's expectations in order to please his father. Later, the father takes the boy hunting, and if the boy shoots as expected, making a clean kill, he is told this was what is expected of him. But let the boy miss or make a bad shot, and his privileges to shoot are taken away for a while, and he's ridiculed in front of family, friends, and others. So he works harder than anyone should be expected to gain his father's approval. Now the boy goes into the service and eats, sleeps, and breathes, kill, kill, kill. If he doesn't, he's punished. So he, live, he lives it day and night, awake or asleep. Then, the, then he goes to war and kills, 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 even getting commendation medals for his killing. Then he comes home and time passes. He tries to forget, but then something happens and he kills someone. Now the same people that put the medals on his chest want to kill him. So who's really to blame? Okay. Okay. So that's what he wrote. Now, I I kind of wanted, you know, I kind of wanted to go over that because to me that's it it applies to, you know, it's true throughout time no matter what time you're in, no matter what boy you are. Cuz don't can you relate to it? Is let me ask you that. Can you relate to that on any level? Yeah, except that I didn't have toy guns. I mean, I I held my first gun and started shooting when I was 5 years old. You mean when you came out of the womb? Because I thought all Georgians had a gun when they came out of the Pretty room. Pretty much. No, that's that, that serious. But yeah, no, but, yeah I, but I see what you're saying. I mean, except for the toy gun part, but yeah. So, but did you try to do, like, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, did you try to keep improving to please your father, to try to get your father's approval? It's weird, because I tried to get my parents' approval all my life for everything. From the time that I was a kid, throughout my adulthood, um, you know, I would say up until like my mid thirties when I just quit giving a shit. Um, Sorry, you don't need lip balm. <laughs> my lips are dry. No, they're not. You don't have any goddamn lips. You know, look at the pictures on 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 on, on the Facebook page and on the. Uh, I do uh, now on, that no, I have no, my no, teeth. No, 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 you don't. You chickens have more lips than you do. My but, lips are a little fuller and keep. But go on. You tried your whole life to get your parents' <clears throat> approval for 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 everything. But you know, I've always been a piece of shit in their eyes. Um, and 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 here's some examples. Okay, like like shooting, never good enough. Um, mm-hmm. We'll just start with that one there. Um, graduating college, not good enough. I made the honor roll. My mom actually looked at me and said, "You're lying because you're too stupid to make honor roll." Wow. Um, you know, graduate with a master's degree, not good enough. Two bachelor's degrees, not good enough. Um, you know, having recording contracts and working for three major studios. Not good enough. Yeah. Um, playing with some of the best guitar players known to man this day. Oh, yeah. I mean, Not good enough. Yeah. I'm always a piece of shit. And Scott never name drops, so no. I won't do it either. But, yeah. I keep my client list very, no. well, I mean, very close to my head. Not very just close the clients. Heart. I'm talking about just ones you've, like, you know, picked with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just really good close yeah. personal friends of mine and things like that that are in the industry. Um, nothing's good enough. Nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing is ever, ever good enough. And uh, 
That was up until recently. I was going to say like within the last... Within the last year. Not even the last year. I'd say within the last eight months. <laughs> so now, all of a sudden... God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna vent some of my personal shit. So keep it in mind, I've gotten to play with people that, uh, like I said, are, are very famous, and and nothing. It's just not not good enough. You're basically a piece of garbage. Until recently, then all of a sudden, it's like we support your music career. Oh my God, you're fantastic! And that 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 because your album sells in the UK and and throughout Europe and and blah blah blah. And all of a sudden, there's this huge interest in me from. My family, of which there was never before, ever. I was going to say, it's been, it, it was when that we received the rough uh, mock up of the article. Yeah. 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 When, when we started getting featured in, in magazines yeah. and, yeah, and things like that. I saw the change. And interviews and, 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 and all that shit. All of a sudden, there's this huge fucking change. Like, holy shit, my kid is actually a rock star, you know, and, and blah, blah, blah. But before that, it was like, you know, eh, fuck off. You're just, you're, you're going to die in a gutter. Is what I was always told. You're gonna you're gonna become poor, and die in a gutter. So no, I totally relate to what Ward's talking about, yeah. man. Well, I yeah. Totally I mean, even as a, I mean, because I I've I've everybody knows that I know not. I mean, I tell you all the time. I tell Todd all the time. I know nothing, nothing about guns. I know airsoft guns. I know they go pew pew, <laughs> pretty much, and that's about it. Like Pepe? No. Pepe like pew pew. pew. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, so I know nothing about guns, but I also know that, you know, growing up when, you know, I, and I'd say it now that because I know that, you know, when I was 30 some years old, it dawned on me that my grandfather loved us. He just didn't know how to say it because he was never told he was loved. Um, so his way of showing us was for us to constantly, you know, to make us better than what we were. So nothing was ever good enough. You know, he we do it exactly how he told us to do it, and we didn't do it good enough. And you'd say, but I did it just like you told me, and it was like, well, you should have done it better type thing, you know? So there was always that. And then, you know, growing up, I lived with my aunt and uncle for a while, and, you know, being told that I was the daughter they never had, and, you know, all this other stuff, yet... They never went to any of my extracurricular activities, you know, like my volleyball games or my track meets or my speech competitions or my band competitions, you know, but they were there for every single one of my cousin who was, you know, who was their youngest child. So it's like, you know what I mean? Contradictory. No, I, I totally dig because, uh, you know, not that I want people to feel sorry for me. It's just, you know, you do everything you can to try to get that approval and it never comes and you almost kill yourself doing it. So I can count on no hands how many of my shows that my family has ever been to. Exactly. Zero. Exactly. My family's never been to a single show. Not when I've you know played throughout California, mm -hmm. uh, where a lot of them live, Vegas, anywhere, anywhere in the world. Yeah. You know, and I've been I, I I've, I've been on tour. I you know with different bands, and I've been around the world twice. Um, you know, every place except for like a few smaller countries and in Australia, because goddamn, they got Australia, big ass spiders. I love y'all. I really do. I love my our, our, our Australians. Yes. However, why, 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 why does everything in your goddamn country want to kill me? Everything. Oh, just the kangaroos and the spiders. Yes, I have a friend named Deb there. She's a fan of ours too, and I even love the her. platypus. The platypus is freaking adorable what? until you find out they Perry have a the platypus isn't going to hurt you until you find out they have a poisonous spur. 
And you're like, what? The cute little duck beaver thing wants to kill me too? Yeah, that. it wants it's to kill like you. It's like a duck beaver hybrid. It's like an or. <laughs> it's like the Oregon mascots mated. <laughs> it's, Sorry, that was a bad joke. <laughs> it, 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 but it's true. You know, it, it's almost like a duck is trying to escape a beaver. Like trying to crawl. <laughs> Even that cute little thing, you're like, oh, my God, how, how adorable. No, it wants to kill you, too, Scott. It's got a poisonous spur. Jesus Christ, no. everything in that damn country Perry wants the, to kill you. Perry the platypus doesn't want to kill you. He wants to get Mr. Doofenshmirtz. Now, look, he wants to Doofenshmirtz me with his goddamn poison <laughs> spike because he's from Australia. He's like, oh, it's a good day to kill the fat guy. <laughs> no, but, yeah, you and it's in a, but I, well, I will say this, that I believe my uncle came to one, maybe two, I know one game, one of my softball games for sure, because that was the softball game where I caught a foul ball with the ungloved hand, <laughs> like line drive straight up down to third base. And I knew I couldn't reach it with my gloved hand. So I just reached my ungloved hand out, caught it, got her out and then dropped the ball and cried like a little sissy. Because <laughs> you have those big old Sasquatch hands. No, it, I thought they thought I broke my hand. It's like it, but yeah, because it like swelled up immediately. And, and then you grunted and you went, I love big bulldog. I Sasquatch. <laughs> no. No. Like, no, that makes sense. My coach goes, you should have just let it go, Tammy. It was a foul ball. I said, no, I had to get her out because of who it was. Because <laughs> her and I, when we played on the same team, we were excellent teammates. But when we played opposite each other, we were so competitive. But, um, yeah, so I remember him being at that game. But other than that, it's like you don't really get approval from him. And so, and then it, and it's true. I mean, maybe not so much now, but I know that our generation, boys are taught to fight, fight no matter what. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I dig. So it's like, so when, and then, you know, and then he was in the Vietnam War. And everything, and we all know how those troops were treated when they came home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I, I got into a heated, not a heated discussion, but a, a passionate discussion with somebody the other day. It's like, you know, our men should, I don't think our men should have been over there. However, our men at that time had no choice. The government made them go. I want to touch on something when it comes to guys fighting. I approve kicking someone's ass and let me tell you what oh. when it is appropriate sometimes right. peaceful means don't pan out and well, you got no. like okay now we gotta go for from a peaceful resolution to you know knocking someone the fuck out and, and those, those those times happen i don't i don't encourage anybody to raise their right. kids as a total wuss no but go, kenny rogers coward of the county song is spot on yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. i'll give it that you know so is his plastic surgery <laughs> kenny did did he have plastic surgery? Dude, have you not seen a picture of Kenny Rogers lately? Well, he's deceased, isn't he? Is he? I think so. Well, last time I saw a picture of him, I can't remember if he's dead or alive. But man, he was like plastic man. I bet you that I, I bet you that he looks the same today if he's dead in, a, in, in the ground that he did ten years ago. <laughs> well, and I think it isn't it Dolly Parton that says that she's had more plastic surgery, but the, there's one thing she's never had surgery on. The one thing that everybody accuses her of having surgery on is her boobs. It's her boobs. Yeah, she goes, "These are all mine." And it's like I know, <laughs> but you, you know, know how you can tell which kids are Dolly Partons. Tell me. The stretch marks around their mouth. Oh, my God. You're so... That is horrible. <laughs> I love Dolly. Uh, but we all do. But we, we, well, let me take that back. We all want to love Dolly. I was going to say, I love Dolly. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. She's a, my girl crush. I never thought that she was extremely sexy, and I, you know, the big boobs don't really super do it for me. 
but her voice. And I'm not huge on female singers, but her voice, oh my fucking God. She, if she sang to me every day, she could literally kick me in the nuts every day. I wouldn't care. I just love her voice. Yeah. Sorry. Somebody sent me something. I was I got sidetracked. Oh, I, I, I saw my squirrel moment. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to start taking a tennis. Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> Bueller? No. Bueller? No. Dolly's one of my... Her and Reba are my girl crushes. I'll give it that, yeah. Yeah. I like I Reba. I, you know, I'm attracted to her cause, only because she looks so goddamn goofy. That smile of hers. Oh, <laughs> in her red hair. And, yep. Yeah, she, I love her. She's just, and she's so funny. But um, no, so, you know, I, and so it's like, and then, like I said, he was sent to the, you know, actually he, he wanted to go be in the military. I don't know if he really wanted to be sent to Vietnam, but he wanted to be in the military because I think he joined when he was under 18. But at, and probably to get away from the house, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, I know that's why some people, some people enlisted so early, but a lot of our troops didn't want to go there. And then the things that they were forced to do over there, nobody should have to live through. And when we they came home, rather than saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you're home. Welcome home. It was they were spit on. They were, you know, cast aside. And that's before the whole um, mental health thing it became aware, you know, we became more aware of mental health issues. So they didn't feel like they could turn to anybody for help, right? And this actually leads into my next episode because I'm going to cover somebody else who was in the Vietnam War too. Um, but my question for you is that when they came home and they were treated this way, that automatically puts them you know, gives them more issues mentally. Um, and then they go and murder someone. <coughs> and I'm not saying the death penalty should be abolished, but do you at that point think that they should have gotten the death penalty or should they have just, you know, life without parole type situation? I'm all for in a, in a situation like that. Okay, this goes back to I guess that's what I'm trying to ask, and I don't know if I worded my question right. I'm going to go with with something I've mentioned many times, which is called behavioral conditioning. You are conditioned to kill people, okay? Yeah. And from for him, it's from the time that that you know he that he that he was a youngin, you know, a kid. Well, yeah, because we know his family background. Yeah. Yeah. And so he goes off. He fights a war. He blows a bunch of people away, and they're like, "Hey, fucking good job, high five. Then you come home, and at the time, there's not a whole lot of mental health services, you know. So you go over to the VA and you're like, hey, man, I'm pretty fucked up. And they're like, um, take a seat. So is everybody else here. We don't, we well, don't really give even, a fuck. Yeah, before PTSD was known well, as PTSD, yeah. Right, it was called shell shock then. Yeah. Um, you know, so you're not getting any treatment. You're not getting any help. And then you go off and you're like, you know, and you're, you're, you've already been trained to be violent from childhood all the way through your adulthood. Mm-hmm. And then you become violent as an adult, and they go, oh, you are so wrong. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And it's like, no, it's not what's wrong with him. It's people, I feel this with a lot of crimes when it comes to people. They don't look at the big picture of everything. Right. Okay. Like, um, is it real? He brought up a good point. It, who, who is to blame with that? Because, okay, at the end of the day, we're all responsible for our own actions. True. Okay. I was raised in a violent household, and um, and I've done violent things that have gotten me in trouble and gotten me arrested. True. 
you know, so at the end of the day, I need to be responsible. I need to take accountability for that. I'm all for that part of it. Yes. However, let's look at the bigger picture. Why did it happen in the first place? So if you're looking at somebody and they don't have a violent background, but now this happened, let's take Scott DeCry, not a violent background, mm-hmm. <clears throat> not the best background in the world because he was raised by his grandparents. His grandparents, you know, were of that age. Like, here's 20 bucks. Just fucking go out and do your thing. Um, but um, and then all of a sudden blows away everybody at a at a salon and killing his ex-wife. Why did it happen? Let's look at the actual catalyst of, well, you went to the you went to the state and you said, hey, man, my 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 ex-wife is beating the shit out of my kid. Right. And the, and the state went, oh, there's nothing we can do. Or, yeah, or and they, the, yeah. And the doctor, the doctor's a mandatory reporter goes, hey, man, this kid's showing up with bruises. It's because of his, uh, his his mom. Kid even told me, oh, well, there's nothing we can do. And now you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like, do I protect my child? Right. Or do I just let this woman beat the shit out of my kid? Right. What do I do? Yeah. And so one thing leads, leads to another. Now, granted, granted, what Scott DeCry did was wrong. He killed innocent people in there. Mm-hmm. If he had just blown, I, I'm going to be honest. It's, it's going to make me sound like a, a bigger asshole than I am. But if he had gone right in there, put a gun in his ex-wife's mouth and blew her head from here to Tulsa. You know what? High five. You did what you had to do. He killed innocent people, though. And that's, that's yes. the and fucked that's, up thing. Yeah. And he realizes that. Oh no! Yeah, yeah I'll tell I mean, I'll tell all of our listeners, man. I've had many discussions with Scott to cry. He is very aware of what he did, and he is very, very remorseful for what he did. Yes. And he's trying to pay everything forward, so he can, you know, just he he he's not looking at getting out of prison. No, he's looking at kind of making amends somehow, somewhat. Yeah, not even, to to everybody, not just yeah. his victims. Exactly. But really, who's to, to blame society, in a situation yeah. like that? Is it is it Scott for trying to protect his child and finally losing his shit? Right. You know, and, and there was drugs involved because he was, you know, addicted to opiates. But, um, you know, or is it is it all in his lap where we're going to point the finger? Well, I think that it's it's society in general who didn't. There's no accountability when it comes to CPS, Child Protective Services. Correct. I'll tell you that is that they, they can do whatever they want. They can make fuck up after fuck up after fuck up. And nobody sits there and goes, hey, you know what? There is, um, you know, there's a problem. Right. And you fucked up. Right. Nobody ever says that. That's true. That's true. Um, I, I agree with you. I mean, because, um, I mean, because we all know that, I mean, because I, I, I always try to bring myself into it, too, you know, c- to try to relate to it. And everything is because, um, you know, because I got in all that trouble. Right. And I've done everything I can. To I know I can't change the past, but I've done everything I can to make myself better. You know what I mean? So I never went back again. Um, but still to this day, I mean, at some point, you know, people have to stop looking at a person saying they are their crime. You know what I mean? I agree. And I that's agree. one thing that we tell ever all of the inmates that we contact is you aren't your crime. You know, and we're not going to look at you you know, judge you because of your crime. Unless you're Todd. Unless, yeah, unless you're Todd. Then we I, judge Todd anyways. I, I, I judge Todd because I'm pretty sure that he's, you know, masturbating in the shower too much and probably getting tennis elbow. 
<laughs> singing his itsy bitsy spider song. And that's right. <laughs> in, in, in the in the tune of Disturbed. <laughs> I think that's how he puts it. That's why I love Todd the Death Man. I give him yeah. sh- I give him so much shit, and he gives me shit too. So yeah, it's all good. Exactly, hood. but no, I give Todd shit all the time. But yeah, love I love Todd though. Love him to death. But um, but no, like I said, it's like so. It's like so for people like because even even Ward Junior in California, um, is never ever tried to deny what he was accused of, you know, and he's never ever tried to make excuses for it either. Right to us, anyways. Right, exactly, exactly. And so at some point, it's like yeah, and he's he's totally resolved to the fact that he's on death row. You know, he, he's going through the standard appeals because everybody on death row has appeals, you know, and even if he can get those overturned so he's on life without parole, he still resigns to the fact that he's in prison and he knows why he's there and he's accepted that. Um, I find that with a lot of our, our uh, a lot of them, people yes. that we talk to, though, um, is that uh, even when I was talking to Dennis Rader, the BTK killer. Um, do you smell? Hold on. Do you smell stale beer? Did you fart? No. <laughs> I just got a, it's like I got a whiff of stale beer. I'm sorry. It was, it's, it's like really making me nauseous. Well, I don't usually drink beer. I drink I know. That's why I, I was like, I smelled something stale beer. But I just thought you were doing kinky things at your job on Sandy Boulevard last night. Maybe you got like one of those beer washes or something up the old keister. But hey. No, I, I'm I, sorry. I it was just something that was like, it, it was making me nauseous. So I wanted to know if I was the only one if I'm having a stroke. You know, you know what's really fun, though, is if you're in a crowded elevator and you fart and you go, does anybody else smell popcorn? <laughs> That's not even funny because my friend Jessica used to fart and say she's, hers smelled like hot buttered popcorn. And I can't even smell popcorn the same <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but I digress. Okay, but anyways, let's go back to this. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's just... I know you have a good nose, so... My nose is stuffed up like a motherfucker oh, okay. right now. It, my allergies yeah. are going crazy. My okay. eyes are watering. I just... But, yeah. I feel so, like shit. But, yeah, you're right. A lot of... Almost... I would say 99.9% of the inmates we talk to totally own their shit. You know? Yeah. You know, BTK does. Um, I just, every... I was... I, I mean, let me really think about that. I would venture to say that yeah, 90, 95 to 99% of them, they, say, yeah. they own it. There, there, there's a few, like one that I'm talking to right now out of San Quentin. Oh, that, I was going to say, there's one that I'm talking to that kind of kind of minimizes it. Even though he admits to part of it, he minimizes the bulk of it. And I, I'm trying to get him not to minimize. Like, you don't have to sugarcoat things for me, oh, buddy. Oh, DC? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I find the same with, uh, with RK. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're we're not telling you guys the names because these are going to be special episodes that we're working on. And mine's not DC, but I knew what you meant. <laughs> oh, what? oh, oh, oh. He, he's a yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. You don't have to. Yeah. 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 But you know what I mean. It's just that. That's where I'm at with you know those things. Is um. You know, I just. Uh, like I said, ninety nine percent of them, pretty much. I would, yeah, I would say pretty much ninety nine percent of them because the one or two I don't really, you know, we're not in, like friends with yet. Yeah. Side note: DC did send me a, an email and and let me know that he's happy to be out of pain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah I forgot about him. 
Yeah. <laughs> How can you forget about I, him? Because when you said D.C., I was thinking here in Oregon. And no, no, D.C. and San Quentin. Yeah, I, I got it now. Yeah. It's no. like because I was thinking in Oregon. It's not D.C. No, but, not yeah. Keith. Oh, oh, and I got I, I got a story for you. I may may not have told you this. So um, Keith Jesperson has been trying to get a hold of me. Right. And I've just been I've been missing his call, missing his call. I talked to him on Thursday. Oh, good. And he goes, I'm so glad I got a hold of you. I wish I could have gotten a hold of you sooner because earlier in the week on Wednesday, there was the uh, the Lifer's Banquet. Oh, he wanted you to go, huh? He wanted me to go. He said, yeah, man, I really wanted you here so we could sit down and have a meal together. You know, it's a couple of oh, hours. Oh, sad. I was. I was very sad. He says, but next year, man, next year you've got to come and be my guest. Yeah, tell him to let you know, like, well, at least let me know two months in advance. I can put it on your calendar for you. Right, right, Because you'll right. never remember. No, no, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was actually pretty touched about that. You know, he sound, you know, because Keith isn't the kind to really show his emotions. Yeah, that's true. But he sounded like he was just really sad that I wasn't there and, and couldn't have shared a meal with him, which was, you know, I, that would have been nice, man. Yeah. It would have been nice to sit, to sit back with Keith, but I'll be seeing him next month anyway. I was going to say in a couple of weeks. In yeah. a couple of weeks, man, I'll be hanging with my boy. I know, and I'll be hanging with my girl. Well, I'll be hanging with her because I'm always hung. You're disgusting. <laughs> no, I just, I'm trying to figure out what th- we can do while you're at work. Play, I mean, because I told her I could take her over to Astoria. Yeah. So she could see the goon house. You are a goon. I am. <laughs> I'm Chuck. I'll do the truffle shuffle for you. Want to see it? No, I'm going to pass on that one. I don't want to see all that jelly <laughs> wiggling. You know what the fuck ever? I see your ass on a regular basis. People don't understand. <laughs> I'm not joking about that. And if I did stood up and did the truffle shuffle, it'd serve you right. Let me explain what it's like working for me this closely. So everybody else is lucky. Bandmates, sound techs, um, They crew. don't get half of what I get. Everybody's lucky. Then you have poor Squatch. I get a wild hair on my ass. I'll flash her my ass. Mm-hmm. I make fun of her. I, mm-hmm. I I tell her to go out on Sandy Boulevard and make me money. Or 82nd, which is even scuzzier. <laughs> 82nd. Even Burnside's better than 82nd. 82nd's Shit. like a box of chocolates. You never know Down- what you're going to catch. Chowntown Burnside is way better. <laughs> over by Chinatown is way better. When you go over there, do you have to go, I love you a long time. <laughs> Old town area? No, I'd rather I would rather sling crack on <laughs> Old Town than walk Sandy, or I mean walk Eighty Seconds slinging my ass. I'll tell you what, man, Eighty Seconds scares <laughs> the ever living shit out of me, dude. Fuck. Oh, and it's getting even worse. Portland itself is getting worse and worse and why worse. Why do you carry a firearm, Scott? Because I fucking have to go down to 82nd. That's why. You're lucky I'm not carrying a goddamn maybe, bazooka. Maybe that's what I'm smelling is Portland. Maybe the wind shifted I'm smelling Portland because it's just, I'm just getting, it's nasty smelling right now. It's oh, man. I'm not, I've never been so glad that my olfactory senses are all fucked yeah. up right now because I can just imagine it smells like fucking drunks and hobos. Well, and at first I thought it was the, um, the star fo- or the, cover on my mic and so i'm like been smelling that but there's i smell it more when i lift my head away from my microphone so i think it's coming from outside it's weird <laughs> thinking about you're lifting your head at work but okay <laughs> i said lift my head never mind talking to I the can't mic say nothing I can't say nothing <sighs> oh my god that's fucking but awesome yeah. <laughs> but no so yeah so it's but like we were saying we got a little sidetracked and i almost forgot where we were but um I think that we as a society need to take a look at, you know, 
what we're deeming like fun and games, and then you know what I mean. <coughs> I, I I'm trying to figure out how to word it. I, my focus pills are focusing me right now. I um, think it's a lot of of, of child rearing because yeah, we, that's it. What I was trying to say right there. We went from like the extreme where yeah. I'm from, where I got the shit knocked out of me every day. To this group of parents that are like, well, you can self-identify as a donkey fart in the wind well, that's being carried by a unicorn. Yeah. We don't care. You know, they're afraid to discipline them. And that, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you why. Because you don't want the state involved in any disciplinary action well, of your true. fucking kids. Now, don't get me wrong. I want the state involved if you're disciplining your kids and you're like knocking the fuck out of them. Oh yeah, because well, and I always tell people there's a difference between discipline and abuse. Well, I have a friend of mine. A big difference. And her name is Rihanna, and uh, and she worked in social services. Mm-hmm. Okay, and did you know that they are taught that a parent should never tell their child no? Oh yeah. Now that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever. Here's the thing: what kept you from running out into traffic as a kid? Your mom grabbing you and going, "Hey, no, no, god damn it! What the hell? You gonna get fucking and ran over?" Mom didn't just grab you. She. Yanked you. Yeah, you were flung, and she catch you about thirty feet behind her, going, "Are you stupid?" Yeah, you want to get, you want it, you then they'll, then they'll go and show you roadkill. Want to end up like that? Facts, <laughs> yeah, I mean, show facts. They scared us straight. And now we got parents who are sit there, and, and, and like it could be like asshole deep snow outside, and they're like, "Oh, if you don't want to wear your jacket, and you just want to wear shorts and a tank top. That's your choice." No. Parent your goddamn kids yes. for fuck's sakes, man. You know, and then when we started celebrating mediocrity, and I know that I know it's probably going to be frowned upon when I say this, but when you start giving participation awards, nobody learns how to excel. Because uh, exactly. when you get on the job force, and you and I have talked about this, when you're in the job force and you're just participating. You're not going to get promoted. You're going to get overlooked, and you're going to be admit. You're going to be uh, line staff your whole life. Yeah, and you're that's it. never going to make it to management. And it's like, but when you start, like when you teach competition and that competitiveness, that's how people rise in society. So my dad was an abusive dude, okay, and he beat the fuck out of me daily when I was a kid. However, I got to give my dad props. My dad sat me down many times and we've had this uh, discussion. You look at me and go, boy, boy, get on over here. And I'd be like, yes, daddy. And he'd be like, boy, I don't care what you do for a living, all right? You be the best at it. If you pick up dog shit in the park, be the best dog shit picker upper that there is. And you know why? Because you won't have to say a word. Your supervisors are going to know that, man, Scott picks up the most dog shit in this park, and he's always busting his hump. Well, guess what? Someday, a supervisor position is going to come about because people retire and people quit, you know, or they move on to other things. And then, guess who's going to be in line? They're going to be like, well, dang, Scott knows everything about picking up dog shit. Make him the supervisor. Now you're super. Now you're still picking up dog shit, but you're the supervisor. Well, then someday, you're not going to have to pick up dog shit at all because you'll be the superintendent. Of yeah. The dog shit picker uppers. Now you get to tell the dog shit picker uppers where to go and pick up dog shit. Right. And that's how the world works. But nowadays we got people who are sitting there. Well, if he chooses not to work, I guess he can just sit on my couch and do nothing all day. I got into an argument with a counselor once when I was in anger management. And let me tell you a story. 
I taking a hit off my cigarette. Bro. I know. I heard you. Give me a sip of coffee. Coffee. I'm wearing my. I got my Jack Skellington mug going on right here. Yeah. Oh, and I have another mug to show you. It's a vagina mug. Did you get it? One of the two that I ordered. Oh, because I had a Jack Skeleton mug this morning, too. <laughs> so, when I was in anger management, that was ran by a guy by the name of Carl Landerholm. And Carl was on vacation, so he had this chick show up. And so we all had, we're, we're all, it's a group session and we're sitting around and we're talking about our week. And one of the other guys there, his name was Scott too. He's talking about his son and he said, well, yeah, you know, me and my son sat down and he, you know, he's having problems with his grades. So we're trying to get his grades up. And then she said, this is how it started. <laughs> Did you ask him if he actually wants to pass the class or fail? Because if he wants to fail, that should be his choice. Oh, here's, no. here's how my brain works, by the way. Did you, did you get whiplash? My brain went like this. It went, look, she's only here for this week. Shut the fuck up and get through it. And then, But there's a louder part of my brain, which is distinctly Southern. It went, what the hell did this twat just say? <laughs> no. <laughs> Son, we got to speak up. I went, I'm sorry. You said what? <laughs> well, what the what? At the end of the day. It's your child's choice if they want to work or if they want to pass a class. That's the dumbest freaking shit no. I've ever heard. Meanwhile, my brain's yelling at me to shut the hell up, but I can't. See, I had the right to remain silent, much like Ron White said, but I didn't have the ability. That's right. <laughs> I went, that's the dumbest fucking thing. I said, and here's why I'm speaking up, because people in this class are going to listen to what you're saying, and they're going to believe your bullshit. Yes. I, it is our job as parents to raise our children properly, motivate them to do great things. To become productive members of society. And then I, I asked the question, so wait a minute. If Scott over here's son wants to sit on the couch, smoke pot all day, and not do jack shit, he should just allow that and pay for it? She goes, well, I said, there's no fucking well about it. And I went off, and my mouth is just a going. Meanwhile, my brain's screaming at me, dude, shut your fucking mouth. And I can't, because I just kept going. Ruin the class. Next week shows up. Carl's back. I go in and we're all lined up because there, there was a couple things you had to do. Number one, you had there was a big uh, chalkboard, uh, dry erase board, and you had to mark uh, certain things like did you have any controlling behaviors, which I always mark yes because when you run a business, you have to have controlling behaviors. You, right, I, right. I, I don't, I don't leave options like the sound, the sound people. I sit there and you don't have an option. You do your job or you fucking go home. That's 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 one of two things. So there's good and bad controlling behaviors, and you have to explain. You have to account for your controlling behaviors. Um, you know, did you have any abusive behaviors and, and how far you are in the workbook and things like that. So I fill that out on the board, and it's my turn to pay my fucking 30 bucks for the class. And Carl stops and says, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, yeah, Carl, no problem, because I loved Carl, man. And by this time, he had already had, I had already had my aha moment, so I was really working the, the class. He goes, <sighs> what the hell happened last week in class? So I explained it to him because this lady was pissed, like and beyond. And then, and then he got the whole story. He's like, okay, no, I can understand where you're coming from. You know, I don't agree with her teaching methods either. 
because that is that's basically he said it was bullshit without saying it's bullshit. I said, yeah, it's it's that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Next time when you have like a a fill-in shrink in here, get somebody who's not full of shit. Because this woman lives in the, uh, we, we went over how she lives her life with her. Like, we live in this little house and my two kids, they don't ever do anything wrong. They're just little fucking angels. I bet you right now her kids are shooting heroin. Like, Dude. seriously. That's yeah. fucking stupid. Just dumb well, yeah. fucking shit. Well, but I digress. No, I mean, and I agree with you on that because, I mean, I told you, I think I even said this on the air before, that when I was doing Instacart, like literally trying to get into a, I mean, I, and I always, like, try to get in and out of the store as quick as possible to get my food, this stuff delivered so I can pick up another order because, damn it, I like money. Um, you know, and my customers loved when, I mean, the customers loved when I got their order because they knew they'd get it because they usually say, oh, you'll have it within at least, you know, minimum, I mean, maximum, I mean, minimum would be two hours before you get your order. They usually get mine within 45 minutes to an hour, um, depending on how far away they were or I was from the store. Um, so all this other stuff. So I walk into the store, I'm getting ready to hit that I'm at the store to go shopping and all of a sudden I'm stuck waiting to get my cart because this lady she had two kids one of them was inside the basket of the cart she went to go put the other one in the seat part of it and the kid she was going to put in the seat part threw a temper tantrum right there in front of the carts screaming because he wanted to be in the basket and she's like i understand how you feel and we can talk this uh, we can talk this out and you know I'll, and i'm thinking lady move no it's not <laughs> i understand how you feel it's Stop throwing a temper tantrum or we're going to leave type situation, you know. But uh, the, but in the meantime, there's four or five of us. We can't even grab our grocery carts to go grocery shopping. I've got a story because Scott's got stories about everything because yeah. I'm, I'm a loud mouth sometimes. So when, when I used to own my own trucks, okay, I, I, I'm still, I was driving over the road, running my own little trucking company. And um, I used to stop off in Sydney, Nebraska. At the Walmart there, didn't do my grocery shopping because all I did was oh run. My, I think you've told me that. Yeah. I go in there and there's this kid and this mom looks frazzled. She's got her daughter in the cart and this kid's just being a dick. And he's like five or six years old, you know, and at this time here, I wasn't all fat and gelatinous like I am now, but I digress. And my brain snaps sometimes and I yelled at the kid. I went, hey! You knock that off or I'll whip your ass myself. And that kid fucking stopped in his tracks. And I'm thinking, oh, the mom's going to murder me now. Okay, we're in Nebraska. There's plenty of cornfields and corn sharks are going to eat me. <laughs> still stuck on corn sharks. I was telling Cheryl about that the other day. Best movie ever. She loves those cheesy ass movies too. <laughs> corn sharks, best movie ever. That should, that, I, 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 it, it amazes me it hasn't won a, an Oscar, some Academy Awards. Anyways, so I quickly walk away. The mom passes me a couple of aisles over, and I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Fuck. She leans over. She goes, thank you so much. He hasn't quit all day. <laughs> and I said, no problem, man, ma'am. And I looked down at her. I, said, I just gave, I looked down at the camera. I just gave your mom my phone number. You act up again, I'll give her my belt to whoop your ass. <laughs> and I walked away. I was like, fuck yeah. I did a good deed for the day. Because, yeah. God damn it, because some kids, Jesus fucking Christ, I, I, I'm not about beating kids, but some kids need to be thrown off a damn cliff. Well, and that's true. I mean, but, you know, on, on the flip side of that, too, is like, you know, when you discipline your kids and you don't beat them, 
they know the difference and because you know there was one time when there's a we had a neighbor across the street in this one house i lived in you know, that we lived in and he never disciplined his daughters they were some i mean they were like very mean rude little girls and so much so that I mean, he didn't even discipline them when one of the girls flashed my son. And my, my son was seven and she was eight. Like, literally showed him her naked body. God dang, it must have been horrific because your son turned out gay. I know, right? <laughs> Get him away from the VJJ. But oh, anyways, I understand now. you know, so it's like, and, and all I did was go over there and I calmly said to her, I said, you know, that's not appropriate, honey. You don't show, you know, you don't be showing people your body, first of all. You're a little girl type thing and he came out yelling at me you don't you don't tell my daughter what to do and I said well maybe you need to tell her not to show her naked body to my son she never did that I said my son doesn't lie you know and he does I mean still to this day he might tell me little fibs but it's not lying about stuff like that you know what I mean probably lying about a sex life you had 50 well, guys over thank God. House. Probably never mind. Shut up, Tommy. Oh, facts. I, I don't want to know about sex life either, to be honest. I just <laughs> but anyways, no that. but you know what I'm saying? And so he like it got in my face. Well, it's all you do is scream at your son. No correction. I let my kid play all over the neighborhood. He just has to be able to hear my voice. So I would yell for him to come home. I'm not screaming at him to, you know, shut the fuck up type thing. You know, you know that's a very Southern thing, by the way, because, you know, you know how kids have cell phones and, and shit like that today. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you all about the cell phone when I was growing up. You ready? Uh, my dad or my mom would be at the back door and then you boy. And then, boom, you knew that you were coming because yeah. we didn't have streetlights. And you I don't care if you were in the middle yep. of town and we yep. lived a few miles out. You come a running. Yeah. You don't. You don't even stop. I don't care if your legs going to fall off. Exactly. You're going to fall over from exhaustion. You come a running because you've got a short amount of time. You get That's on white right. because an ass whooping is about to happen. That's right. And as long as he could hear my voice, he was within the boundaries. If he couldn't hear me when I yelled for him and I had to go looking for him, then he was in trouble. So you know what I mean. So this guy's in my face. I mean, like I thought he was going to hit me. That's how in my my personal bubble he was. He's just going, use all you do is scream at your kid and all this other shit. And I'm like looking at him. And all of a sudden, Jeremiah from the front porch across the street goes, well, at least my mom knows how to discipline me. (laughs) And I was just like, shit. But you know what I mean? So they know it's discipline and not abuse. You know, and he knew that his this guy's kids were not being disciplined. And so, you know, when you raise them right... And everything, they become productive, good members of society. Like, my son literally will stand up for the underdog to this day. You know what I mean? And other than the arguments him and I get into, he's a very decent child. You know what I just realized? We should have covered uh, Ward Weaver Jr.'s case briefly. Let us let me do that real quick because we're oh, running yeah, out of time. Oh, yeah, do a real uh, recap, you know. So, Ward Weaver Jr., the one that we talked to mm-hmm. was actually convicted of two homicides. It was a man and a woman that were stuck on the side of the road. He was in the Air no, Force. he killed the man, not the woman. Remember, he... Did how, he kill the guy? No, that's how he got caught. He killed the woman prior to that, but the one... Yeah, okay, you want me to tell the story? I thought he killed them both right there. No. The Radcliffe and whatever no. her name was. He killed, he killed the man right away, held the woman... In, in the first instance, killed the man right away, held the woman for a while, then killed her, buried her... In his backyard, ended up putting a deck over it, remember? 
Oh, just like his son. Well, his, yeah, yeah. only his son put a patio, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Similar. But, but yeah. And then the next one, he he killed the man and kept the woman and then let her go, and that's how he got busted. Was that Radcliffe mm-hmm. that he... I think... I can't remember the name right offhand, but yeah. That was, the, that was the main case that they convicted him on. Yeah. And you got to talk more into your mic, please. I know. I, I was putting on... Okay. Chapstick. Why? You don't have lips, for fuck's sakes. Chickens have more lips than you do. I'm your lips you. cannot be chapped in any way, They're shape, or form. What, your vagina lips? I'm, I'm assuming that you have one. I'm, I don't know. I don't know what your species has going on. I don't want to know. But you definitely don't have lips on your face. I'm over here shaking my head at you right now. <laughs> but yeah, no, because, yeah, there were, there were two separate instances with him. And the first, yeah, he, both times he held the woman for a while. But the second one, she didn't die. She was just, you know, that's why he got caught. And he had, like, a co-defendant in that case, remember? Okay, yeah, it was his co-driver. Yeah. Uh, one other thing, I want to confess my undying love for Jen Dahl. I want to uh, get her naked. I hate you. She poor Jen Dahl. <laughs> I mean, her and I joke around and everything, because I told her, I said, Scott really wants you to get a TB tattoo and everything. And she's like, I just don't know where I'd put it. I said, man, put it right above your butt crack, because he's always saying shit about it. <laughs> I love giving her so shit hard. so much. I said, you'll have the little TB tramp stamp. <laughs> I think that she should get one that says Scott was here. <laughs> no, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's I said, terrible. I said, even Scott's bandmates, you know, because I've been officially named the honorary fifth member of the band <laughs> and everything. And so it's like even Johnny said something about me getting a TB tattoo. I said, yeah, eventually. I just don't know where to put it yet. You know that we have an ink guy on staff, right? Yeah, but I don't know where I'd put it. Because, you know, I mean, I'm not one to, like, put my ink anywhere that, like, I can. I want to be able to cover it without having to wear long sleeves. And you well, know. I'm not saying get in the same placement as me and no, all the guys. No. Matter of fact, we got to get uh, Tony in to get his, too, because everybody in the band's got one. Yeah, I think I kind I think I know where I want to get it, but, yeah. Maybe maybe we should do that. Me and Tony get ours together. <laughs> like but you of course. And, like you and Matt and Johnny did. Rock on. Are you ready to wrap this motherfucker I, I'm up? I'm ready. I'm ready. But that but yeah, basically to sum it up, raise your kids right. Yeah. You know Don't be don't be a war. Don't be too extreme. You know, the either extreme violence or extreme nothing. Right. <laughs> find you that know, balance. Find that balance and teach them to be productive members of society. And maybe that's how we can reduce crime in this country. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I'm talking amongst Steppenwolf about the same thing about the, recidiv- the, the recidivism. Uh, yeah. You said it, yeah. In, uh, in, in prisons and what have not. You know. Um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, boys and girls. Remember, you can send me an email if you're a cute Asian girl. Because why? Because I'm sexy. No. It smells like what? Oh, that's a, oh my God. I got to tell everybody because I was going to start doing this for shows. So y'all know how every time I go, how old are you? 16, 18. Well, I found a new one. I actually made this joke to Jen. Because <coughs> we were talking about one of my ex-girlfriends that I started dating uh, when I didn't know she was 17 going on 18 in a month. And uh, then I found out later. But um, I went this one. Mmm, tastes like a felony. Oh, that's right. I thought you were saying 
smells like a felony, but okay. No, that's what I'm going to be saying before I get to those Asian girls that you're going to deliver to me. Mmm, smells like a felony. You're so dumb. <laughs> Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you happen to be getting your blogs. Hopefully we get some more blogs up there soon. I know. As, as because soon as, those are money-making. Well, as soon as like my whole life slows down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else? Let's see. Uh, log on to Facebook and join Citizens of Brutal Nation. And check out our merch store. Interact with us a little bit. God, we're growing. and I, I, We are. We don't have very many followers on, on the social media. But it is growing, so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, uh, I mean, we practically, I mean, we've come up quite a ways in the last week or so. And honestly, you exponentially. Can, y'all can drop yeah. me an email, and I will interact with you via email at scott.alexander at twistedbluellc.com. I just say, don't forget, that's how Brian Engel became part of our family. That's facts. <laughs> he dropped me a freaking email, and then and yeah. it, it all started with the recipe for uh It did. Uh, it started with, yeah, Otis, Otis Tools, Tools Barbecue. Yes. Human barbecue Human sauce. Human barbecue sauce. That's how. That's how. That's how we lure them in, Scott. I, that's right. Get into my van, little girl. <laughs> that's right. Now Brian's not so sure since he met Jen Doll, and she's afraid Jen Doll's going to skin him alive, but only a little bit. Brian and I are both afraid, man. But that's only okay. Brian's little. got my back, man. His brothers got to stick together. <laughs> Both when one therapy. sleeps, the other one's awake. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. And I've, I, I, I've said this before. Honest to God, you know, I fucking love Brian Tud. Oh, me death. too. Me too. Me too. I can't wait till we get down there and, and I can oh, sit down I know. and have you know dinner with, with him and his family. We'll all go out and have a good time. That would be awesome. Daughter's fucking adorable. Oh, my God. I well, haven't seen her yet. Oh, have I've, you seen pictures of her? Oh, yeah. They're, ah. they're on my Facebook. Ah. Okay. It almost makes me want another kid, but not quite because I've already raised mine. That's true. That's true, Brian. You got a lot. We feel for you, buddy. We're here for you. Takes it takes <laughs> a <lots> village. <laughs> it does. This show's copyrighted 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. If you're hearing this or any part of this on anybody else's show or podcast, they're lying, thieving bastards. bastards. And we'll talk to y'all later on. Bye bye. Bye.